0: Hours We're going to be talking all things sport. Just quickly, a wee update of the quad final. The Silver Ferns are taking on the Diamonds right now. They're into the fourth quarter. It's 44-40. They're down by four goals at the moment. So come on, Silver Ferns, get one up. Another one up over those Aussies. Gonna say a real big good morning to the team. You got Joe running the phone line, so if you give us a call on 0800 150 811, Joe's your man. Morning to you, Joe. And you got Neeps bringing in all the Netsky tunes. So, Netsky's gonna be here in about two or three weeks. Polo straight into Netsky. Pre's at David Harvey. He's looking forward to that day. (laughs) Watch out. They're coming in white hot. And a big good morning to you, Louis Herman. What? How you doing, brother?
1: And then you got Tony Kemp. Morena. How you More than Morena, brother. Yeah, no, nah, really good. Yeah, plenty going on. Mate, just starting to do my uh, homework on the NRL yesterday, looking at all the ins and outs. Peppenhausen and, and Trebojevic mm. going up to the States to try and look after their injuries. And you know, look, listen to Peppenhausen, mate. You know, cracked kneecap. Doesn't know when he's going to come back. Little story. Mm. I ran into a post at Newcastle <laughs> once. Have I ever told you that story? Is that training? No. And uh, we used to play touch before training, going, going across field, you know what I mean? So we're in the 25. We used to play between the 25s, backs versus the fours. Is just a little bit of a warm-up muck around. And uh, I've hit a ball off Mick mate. Michael Hagan was our captain at the time. And I've run past the first post. I've hit it at speed. I'm going. 100 miles an hour. And I've gone past the first post. And I've... As I've caught the ball mixed thrown it to me and I've gone to go at, at like 80%, mate, whack! I've been hit like a ton of bricks and I'm on my back and I've got no wind, I'm out and I'm trying to find the breath and I've gone and I'm looking up and all the players have rushed in and they come over the top of me and I finally got my breath back and just went like that. I went, who the hell was that? Like that, and I went. It was the post. <laughs> he ran into the post. Is that bad? I snapped my kneecap, and, and oh. the and the and the coach called the training off. Well, guess what, Ryan Peppinelson? That was Friday. I went to training. Said they played on Sunday in North Sydney, down North Sydney Oval. There was Freedom no tough, eh? there was no recovery back in those days. Make for a fractured kneecap, Mister Peppinelson. But yeah, how right. was it, Kippy? Uh-huh. Oh, mate, like, it was that bad, the coach called the training off, yeah, called the training mm. off, sent me to Dr. Bragg, who was our doctor at the time, by the time I got to him, coach had obviously got to him, he said, you'll be fine, here's a couple of Panadols sent me home, and uh, <laughs> I walked into training the next day, well, I limped into training the next day, I couldn't walk, mate, my knee was massive, I never went for an x-ray or nothing like that, and they must, I back in those days, and the coach just said to me, uh I looked at him and I went, "Mate, I'm no good." And he went, "Mate, you'll be fine." And he just turned, turned away and walked away. And I'm going, "Mate, I'm 21," <laughs> and I'm just looking at him. And I'm going, "Mate, you got rocks in your head. I can't walk." So the next day, I went home, washed it all up. Next day, I've limped onto the bus, gone down to North Sydney. That's the one where I see him. I'm standing in the in the in the. Um, you used to walk up through these. North Sydney's a beautiful oval. You used to walk up these stairs and you look out and. And it's just such an awesome oval. And I'm walking up the stairs, and I'm Mark Graham's leading North Sydney out, and he's my idol. And I'm going, man, I'm busted. It's 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 steaming hot. I'm you know I've got painkillers in my knee, and I'm looking up and all can think about, man, that's Mark Graham. <laughs> you know that's my Graham, and thank God. The, the the gods came. The storm blew in from the from the eastern coast, and the and the heavens opened, and it poured down, mate. And I actually got through the game. Is I couldn't believe it. Um, but found out six months later that I'd fractured my kneecap. Um, but yeah, I just I was reading that this morning about Mister Pippen. How's it been in America? The other first, I had a little bit of envy. I thought, wouldn't it be good if I could have just gone over there and done a <laughs> bit of training, and looked after my league? You were talking about that yesterday. It, oh, it's unbelievable.
0: Is that the reason why you're dealing with the, uh, well, your knees right now, Kimpy? Obviously, you just played straight away and you got through it. But back in the day,
1: I know they bred them tough, but was it smart? Nah, not at all. It was dumb. <laughs> Seriously, it was it was dumb. It was naive. On my look, I just wanted to play, so uh, I did. I did. I did what you know, what a lot of us did back in those days, and just went through the pain and played. But um, you're dead right about paying for it now. That, like that, that knee. When I when I went to get that X-ray six months later, the 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 um doctor said, "Mate, have you hurt? Like you've been hit an accident on your with your knee or something?" I went, "Why is that?" He said, "It's all calloused over. Like it cracked up the middle." And it just calloused over time. It calloused over. That year, mate, I went on the English tour um, with the Kiwis in 89, went on the English tour. Then I, I played a few games in, in Doncaster in the, in the back end of that tour. I just never gave it a rest. And, um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why this right knee of mine is absolutely knackered.
0: Mate, honestly, you, you, you can well, – I spoke about it the other day, Kempi, with uh, the investment into the body. We saw Latrell Mitchell – when he flew over to America and the impact it had on his career and his body, his hamstrings were playing up. And I guess the kind of information that they can provide, the services, all the equipment, uh, like, I love it. I love it how these players are really putting time and money. I know they'll, they'll get a, bit, a little bit of a lending hand from Melbourne to head over to America. We know Americans, mate. They just do things uh, to the next level. That's why LeBron James probably... is still carving up at uh, the age of 39, nearly into his 40s, and he's still going. So you can understand, I love it. I'm all for these uh, these players heading over to the States and uh, really investing into their body. It's bloody good. Yeah, it's awesome, mate. And I,
1: I look, I, I, I like that too. Um, got lots going on with the CBA and players fighting for what's best for them. But, you know, what's happening, like the Americans are so far ahead of us is you just have to go through an NFL club if you get a chance to do that or NBA and watch what they do. And we think we're pr- pretty professional down here, mate. We're still amateurs. Very,
0: very amateur. But I love it. Changing of the guard. We're trying to use that IP, as you always talk about there. Kempe, the IP that other nations, other teams, other franchises offer. And where well, there's no better place than over in the United States with the competition tournaments that they're running and uh, wow, the kind of uh, things that are at their disposal for these athletes. But Kempe today. It is Thursday 26th of January. Big show for us. What have we got
1: today brother? Yeah mate we've got a big show coming up today Izzy. It's uh, Cup Week in Wellington and our good mate Al Sheik Shirok will be joining us just after 7 to talk about the trio of chances that he is down there. Ladies man the favourite Waisaki drawing wide going out to 5 bucks straight away and South Road so uh, hopefully get some bully off Al. He's up here in Auckland uh, obviously with the crack of sales all kicking off too this week. He's looking at horses ready to buy next week so uh, following that, we'll be talking with Ed Bartlett out of the UK about this tackle law and the controversial new rule up there that they're trying to bring in, uh, which is regarding the the tackle below the waist. So we had a little bit um, from our our guys yesterday about that big talk about off the back fence regarding other ways. So it'd be interesting also to hear what Ed Bartlett's got to say. So um, that'll be coming off just after Al. And then after eight, we'll have our first more than just an athlete chat for the year with your good mate, Richie Mwonga, discussing his year coming up and what the future looks like for him. So can't wait for him to get on. And of course, if you want to join us on the show, you can call us on 0800 or text us any questions on our Bedpost Temper text machine, double eight double three. Paulie Moati as well, to boot, uh, giving us hopefully is that... Uh, well, I hope that big power play told Al about that, mate, the big power play. <laughs> he was, and he was driving in going, mate, that'd pay a heap for Trifecta, South Road ladies' man, Waisaki. So, um, yeah, mate, big show coming up. Uh, can't wait, especially talk to the the Sheik, uh, who's uh, – he'll be out of bed, mate. He said, I said seven, just after 7, he was like, yeah, I should be up. I'm like, mate, you're up at 4 <laughs> o'clock. Cut it out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he doesn't struggle to get out of the bed. Any of those trainers never struggle to get out of bed. I've got a wee bomb squad later on today as well. I was a little, I don't know, something suddenly just hit me when we were going to talk to Richie Moonga, knowing that Richie Moonga is departuring. He's going to head over to Japan for three years. He's going to get paid. you got Damien going. you got Bodie Barrett, um, who's, wow, he's ageing. He's ageing. He's aging. So the future looks a wee bit bleak. So I've written a wee something. About a little bit worried uh, about the the ten role and the playmaker role and the stocks that we have coming through the ranks. It's got high aspirations for young Cam Miller, but he's thought the young. Well, he hasn't even played a Super Rugby game, and well, those players are leaving this year, end of this year, post World Cup, they're off, they're out, and we're going to be slim pickings at the ten mm. jersey. So we'll share that later on in the show, but before then, I want to. Have a chat to Louie Herman Watt because Louie, yesterday there was obviously a big old meeting at Mata Mata. Oh, I didn't have a wee dabble, but I had a wee look? And your I had a look at the I think it was race seven. Neighborhood interface for the scene. One, two, Quinella, that come up, but Tempest and that relentless Ruby come third. So it came in for a reason. Then I looked at the one that won, Warren Kennedy on top. Second race, it's first race around a solid second. So uh and that paid good odds. But Matamata yesterday, tough old day out. Tough one to boot.
2: Well, we not we got a winner up at eight dollars, so out of three mm. bets. So if you had three bets, you would have made plenty. Um Neighborhood was I was pretty happy with how that won. Um Felicia yeah. kicked hard. Tempest didn't do didn't run up to what I thought it could. And Relentless Ruby, I mean you have to wonder with these plunges. Like, you, you want to be on them. You'd rather be on them than not on them, but you, you do wonder how it's come about because, Kimpy, you kind of preempted it yesterday. All it takes is, first start a two-year-old, all it takes is one tiny thing to go wrong. A tiny era. A tiny thing to go wrong or another horse to run way above the expectation and all of a sudden, all of those thousands of dollars invested uh, have not gone to plan. Um, but, Look, I was happy with the way Neighbourhood won. I I was hoping Kevin Texan said he was going to back all my tips, so he would have made a nice profit. And there was one later in the day as well called Sephora uh, for Tiako, which has run big races and behind some nice horses like Polygon, and that was just a beautiful ride by Craig Zaki. So that was an all right day in the end, actually. But um, hopefully today we can find another couple. I have one today at Hastings that I'm going to tip out later before seven, is he?
0: All right, you just send that through to the WhatsApp because, well, my TAB app (laughs) has flicked over and Daggy's back. He's back in the punt for one multi only and then he'll be back watching on the TAB app, wishing and hoping that he got on because I was hoping I could get on neighbourhood into the scene. But uh, that paid 15 bucks the Quinella, so good money. Good money.
1: Yeah, great money.
0: Great money for for the... um, for the Quinella, so a little bit gutted there, but anyway, little update. Uh, fourth quarter, eight minutes, in. they're down by six. The Black Fern, uh Silver Ferns, are down by six. So a wee way to go right now. They were leading, they were up four-one in, in the se- in the fourth quarter in the goals differential, but they've they've just let it go a bit, and Diamonds have just fought their way back seven-five in the fourth quarter. So we'll keep you up to date. Hopefully, we can get those Silver Ferns home and uh, get one over. The Diamonds. But like Kempe said, double eight, double three, after eight, we're going to talk to Richie Moonga. But Kempy yesterday, seeing the man himself, two knees, Razor Ray. Razor Ray popped over. Did you? And uh, had a wee ch- catch up with the Ray. Seeing how he is, mate, he's he's up and about, eh? He's excited for uh, the Crusaders' year ahead. They've got an internal hit out. On Saturday, and then they've got a game next Friday for their first pre pre-season. But mate, it was good to catch up with Ray. Mm. He, uh, when he when he got his knee re- replaced, I gave him my Watt bike, and um, he's been using it for months. Anyway, I was—he lives in Sumner. It's a bit of a mission over there. So I kept putting it off, putting it off. Oh yeah, I'll come get it soon. I need it because I'm sick of this hit squad. My my body's in bits, mate. <laughs> Post that uh, that cricket where I retired. I've booked an X ray and I'm gonna see the surgeon. But I wanna just do some more biking. So uh Razor Ray popped over yesterday and uh had a wee chat to him about um how's it gone and and what's coming up. Scoop come on. Pretty ex- no, no no scoop, no scoop really. But I think a decision will be made in the next two to th- three weeks, maybe four weeks, um where we'll know what's happening to Razor Ray and uh and the all blacks in and short, so Good to catch up with noise, Ray And just quickly on that um, Last year we spoke to Aaron Webb And you know we, he raised some money Charity money yeah. for the run around Melvin Park Well that's tomorrow The long run is taking place yeah, okay. around Malvern Park They're going to run 158 laps And how it's involved is It's not Aaron Webb Running 158 laps You can go down and you can contribute So what you have to do If you run a lap that adds to the 158 laps, and uh, that it's going to go throughout the day. There's going to be bouncy castles there. There's going to be food stalls. It's it's quite an event. It's quite an event. So if you can, you're in Christchurch or Taita Christchurch, head down to Melvin Park and uh, have a chat, and then maybe even have a waddle, because uh, that's all I'll be doing waddling around. I remember last year I jumped, I ran one lap, and then I jumped on the bike and biked a couple of laps just to give them a bit of a appreciation and motivation to get the job done. So that's taking place if you're down here in Christchurch, uh head on down. There's a message coming through quickly, Kempy, before we get off to the can't wait question of the day. Kempi Hayes Perham. Word, mm. word is his starting fullback round one. What do you know about him? Why'd the Warriors let him go? That was from Chris.
1: Yeah, well Hayes Hayes Perham. He's um he obviously came out of rugby union to Rugby League, and I thought that the Warriors would keep him too because he's a decent player. Um, I think he might have made the Indigenous squad too, but there's a little bit of, uh, I guess, chat to still go on about the CBA because they might go on strike if it's not sorted be um, before then. He, mate, can play. Kid can play. So uh taking a little bit of time to develop, and I look, I think he'll play plenty of first grade. Beautiful. Beautiful.
0: Plenty of first grade. You've heard it here firsthand, Chris. So hopefully that answers your question. Be like Chris, double eight, double three on the temper bedpost text machine. But right now it's 19 past six and it's time for this.
2: Can't wait wait question of the the day. day. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Oh.
0: What do you got, Lily Herman? What?
2: Ah, yeah. Uh, last night, I don't know if you saw this, boys, but it was absolute annihilation at Melbourne Park—a genuine oh. dousing from. Well, he's the best tennis player in the world. Let's admit it. Straight sets. Yeah, Novak six one, six two, six four against Rublev, who has the weapons to be able to push a guy like Novak. He's got that firepower, and he usually can stay in the fight, but he couldn't. So. My come question of the day Nice and simple for you 0800 150 811 Come on Come on Just pick up the phone Or double eight double three. He's circling in on his 10th Australian Open men's Ten. singles title 10th <laughs> Can you name Another athlete Or team Who has dominated One single venue To this degree One venue Is he? Have a think Yeah
0: it's easy <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my patch off, Luke.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, there's actually a few. There's actually a few, but uh, yeah, come on, give us the red and black one. Oh look, oh, okay, I'll try and think outside of the
0: square. I don't want to go for the plain and simple, the most easiest. We all know I'm going to say, but I uh, love it, love it. There you go, Novak Djokovic closing in on his tenth Australian Open. Can you name another athlete or team who has dominated one single venue to this degree? There you go. Can't wait. Question today. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Yes, welcome back. Can't wait. Question today. Novak Djokovic closing in on his 10th Australian Open. Can you name another athlete or team who has dominated one single venue to this degree? And... Wow, Adrian from North Canterbury has been brave. He's given us a call. Morning, Adrian. Yeah,
3: boys,
0: how are we? Morning. Very, very very good. Up and about, mate. Uh, What do you got for us? Is this any team or anyone that springs to mind for yourself? Yeah, man. Uh,
2: Coast
0: to coast. Sorry, can you just repeat that? You just cut out a wee little bit there, Adrian. Who was it? Coast to coast, I heard. Yeah, Steve Gurney. Steve, Steve yeah. Gurney for the Coast to Coast. How many times has he has he won it there, uh, Adrian? Uh, Just dominated it, he has it. he? Yeah, seven
1: or eight times. Seven or nine, eight times. Nine Coast, times he's
0: won that. Nine times. Steve Gurney, the Coast to Coast. You've got to be a mad hiller. To do that and win that event times. That's crazy. Times. That is a crazy. Obviously, the individual. You can do it in teams, but appreciate your call. Uh, I thought you were going to go straight for a one, one-eyed can-tab there, Adrian. <laughs> no, nah, this is fine. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful, mate. You thanks very much for your call, Adrian. You take care. Have a good day. Uh, we've got a couple of messages coming through on the text machine. All Blacks Eden Park. That's a given. I think one draw, and I was in that draw when they uh, drew against uh, the British and Irish Lions. That wasn't uh, great. That wasn't a great pa- match to be a part be a part of. Rafa, thirteen French titles, mm. dominating the clay. Tough, tough to beat. On the clay. And then here's another one just quickly from Cam. Morning, fellas. Another tennis one. The king of clay, Rafa, at Roland Garros, would also be rude to lead out the mighty satyrs at home. <laughs> yes, Cam, I'm glad you brought that up. But Kempi,
1: for you, a team that really springs to mind off the bat? Oh, well, a team's a Panthers, mate. You know the last couple of years, they've dominated the competition. Um, but I think there's really only one GOAT. Uh, listen to these stats. Events 29, wins 8th, average placing 4th, perfect 10s 5, excellent wave scores 64, heat win percentage 71. That's Callie Slater, mate, 51, his WSL stats at Pipeline, which is coming up. So, uh, I mean, we're talking about... Bad knees and, and getting up out of bed in the morning. This this, this kid at fifty one, mate, is still telling twenty year olds up. <laughs> 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 at pipeline of oh. all places.
0: Oh, that's a good one. And text machine come through with that as well, Kempy. So that's thinking along the same lines. Kelly Slatter, one of the greatest of all times. He's still going at the ripe age of fifty one. So age is no barrier. Love it. David Fagan won the golden shears six oh, 16 yes. times sixteen times. David Fagan, the sheer god, his battle with Kirkpatrick over the years. And if you don't know, uh, Daniel Kirkpatrick played for the Blues, and uh, that's his son. So I, I knew the Kirkpatrick family and the sharing wizard that he was. So awesome. Love that one. My one's quickly uh, the 15 16 San Antonio Spurs. They went 40 and 1. They lost one. Uh, game at home in the NBA. They didn't go on to win that year, but they dominated. you got Duncan, Parker, Leonard, uh, and uh, and Kawhi Leonard, Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, a uh, quality, quality NBA team. And uh, obviously you've got to put the Crusaders in there. They went through that year, the year I was there, and they just drew in uh, one game at home against the Sharks when Mitchell Hunt scored a try and kicked the conversion to draw. So, the Crusaders will always be in there, but love it. Keep those messages coming through. Double eight, double three. Great question there, Louis. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, we're going to shoot off uh, for some news with Aroha, and then we'll come back and rip into some headlines with Louis. Here's the news of Aroha for Kubota building and in shaping the future.
2: SCNZ, we are 27 minutes away from 7am this morning, a couple of sports headlines to get us going nice and early with Bunnings Trade, helping businesses our trade. We're here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade. And unfortunately, the Silver Ferns have gone down in the end in South Africa in the Quad Series final, so they bet England in a really big effort yesterday morning to qualify for the final and they had a lead of about five, five, four goals in the first and second quarter. But the Aussies, as they do, ground them down and eventually ran over the top of them. Uh, They're just so disciplined, so physical, the Diamonds team. So hard luck for the Ferns, but I think they'll take a lot of learning out of that. Now, in the tennis, yeah, the tennis, the Australian Open. Well, as we mentioned, Novak Djokovic, he was too good for Rublev in the end
4: just wants to hide under a rock right now.
0: It's just been a tough (laughs) night for Andre. (laughs) As Djokovic will go out wide. The response is in there off the backhand by Rublev. And then into the net as Djokovic went to his forehand. Rublev with another unforced
4: error. And tonight Novak Djokovic has put on an incredible display yet again.
2: Yeah, that's right. He has uh, Essien with that coverage there. And sticking with the tennis, how's this for a great story? An unceded Polish tennis player, Magda Linette has made her first Grand Slam semi-final at age 30.
5: I will never forget this. I mean, this will stay with me for life. So I'm really grateful. I'm super happy for the support. So again, thank you so much, everybody.
2: And that is what the wonders of sport can do, Izzy.
0: It's so good. So good. Yeah, never, ever give up. Kelly Slater showing that. 30. Lynette taking on Sabalenka. It's going to be a tough one taking on the fifth seed. I'm predicting sabalenka Azarenka final, which will be the final that everyone would want to see. But when you cross back to the men's Kempe, Djokovic taking on Tommy Paul. And we had Alex Gruskin on earlier in the week who actually said that Ben Shelton would go through mm. and would be the, probably the most likely to go on for the United States and win this event, well, he's got he got beaten yesterday in four sets up against his compatriot and Tommy Paul. So that's gonna be a doozy—a Djokovic-Titsbus final. And well, Titsbus is blowing up. I don't think a uh, Margot Robbie's husband will be letting her go <laughs> along to your tennis <laughs> match, brother. So I think you give up, you give up on that one. But that's gonna be a juicy semi-final there,
1: Kimpi. Yeah, look, Djokovic hasn't been tested, mate. The last two, um, two, two rounds. So hasn't he been tested, uh, or has he just been that good? Like uh, he is, mate, but, he is just fine. Has he got the? Has he actually got a hamstring injury, or is he just playing mind games? Like seriously, you, you've had a hamstring. I've had a hamstring. Could you imagine running around, stopping, starting like that with a hamstring injury? I think it's. I think he's just in the heads of people all the time. Mate. I reckon those older boys, Dokovic, Rafa, they do numbers on players before they even get on the tennis court. You just got to be a little bit more cunning when you're a bit more experienced. They can be. That's well, you know, why.
0: What, what's what I try to do, you know. I, I obviously didn't lost a little bit of speed towards the end, anticipation. But hey, the experience be where you know to be and the experience comes through, so maybe Djokovic, nah, I think he was carrying a little bit of a niggle, but like you said earlier on with all this advanced technology and and the team that will be behind Novak, but he'll be getting massages, needling, everything, physios at his disposal whenever he needs, so Novak, I think this is going to be his 11th title. He's just flying at the moment. He is flying and there's only one I can see him stopping him is Titsipas. And uh, and the character that he is. So it's a great US Aussie open at the moment and Novak is just easing through and then that match takes place on Friday. The semi finals take place for the men's side on Friday. Got two matches, four thirty in the afternoon Joker, the Joker taking on Tommy Paul and you got Titsipas taking on Ketchinoff. Uh, on Friday as well, so looking forward to keeping you up to date with that, and then the women's that takes place today, the semi-finals tonight, live on here on SCNZ, so stay tuned, but coming up, we're going to rip into a quizzy dag, and we've got a juicy little quiz, so 0800 150811, come on over and take on me, and remember, Kimpy, here's your clue master, Here's your clue, master. So if you get a little bit stuck, honestly, with Kimpy's clues, you just gotta think outside of the square a wee bit. <laughs> it's a bit of a cryptic clue that Kimpy always goes to. So give us a call, and you can win yourself a fifty dollar TAB bonus bet. This is how you do it, Quizzy. that come play it. This is how we do it, Quizzy. that come play it. Quizzes is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, T.I.B. with the prize, 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it, this is how we do it. Quizzy, that come play it, Quizzy, that come play it, 0800- 811 Now give us a call Yes that's right It's not too late to give the Quizmaster a call 0800-150-811 on the Tire phone line Well coming through is my good friend from there up in Upper Hutt the upper Hut Rams Richie morning to you brother Morning Izzy Alright, Richie. Are you feeling confident today, mate? Nah. <laughs> I love you honestly. Yeah, maybe opening the bat is a difficult task. Is a difficult task at the moment. Many would know that right now. But here we go. Good. <laughs> you start the show. You start the quiz. Question number one Ruby Tui has announced she may not participate in Super Rugby this year. What team does she usually play for in Super Rugby oh, Alpha? Manua Chiefs Manua, yes. If you miss that news, they're very confident. If you missed that news. I wasn't saying anything like that, Richie. Come on, mate. <laughs> Alright, uh yeah. So Ruby Tui she's gonna be commentating for Super Rugby Alp because Picky. She hasn't made a decision what she's going to do. I guess when you're a superstar like that, you can do what you want. Let's go. Question number two. As we've discussed, Tsitsipas shot his shot with Margot Robbie this week at the Aussie Open. Famously, it was a very popular women's tennis player that asked was asked on a date during the Super Bowl a few years back, who was that women's tennis player?
6: Famous women's tennis
0: player. Um, she has played at the ASB Classic. She
6: has played Iroa Kanau.
0: Emma Raducanu is incorrect sorry Richie you're out see you later back to the dressing room brother uh number two Jade from Hamilton here you go Jade hey brother how are you very good very very good this morning famously it was a very popular woman's tennis player that was asked on a date during a Super Bowl a few weeks back uh, a few years back who was that woman's tennis player
6: Theodora Patelis
0: no it wasn't patelis <laughs> sorry mate have a good day this is a good one i'm a huge fan of this person everybody <sighs> <Here we go. laughs> everybody is <laughs> luke from Tinleaden morning luke good morning boys how are we hey lukey very good lukey better now i've heard your deep subtle voice mate <laughs> question number two famously it was a very popular women's tennis player that was asked on a date during a Super Bowl. Who was that women's tennis
2: player? I'm going to say Anna Kornikova. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: Anna Kornikova. Alike Iglesias would not be a fan
7: of that. Come would on, it, brother. Would have, been, would have been
1: back in my day, We all mate. wish. It is his day, we not all my wish,
0: day. We all wish. I actually Googled her the other day because I wonder what Anna's up to. Yeah, she's still couple of kids deep and, yeah, having a good old life. Anyway, not here. Brad from Dunedin. We're going back to back dunners. Here you go. Morning, fellas. How are we? Great. Ah, good. Great. What do you got for me, mate? You want to throw me on the bus this morning or what? Nah, actually, nothing. Nothing <laughs> at all. Come on, mate. Oh, good. because i a week of oh, it. good. it.
3: <laughs> the
0: boat sailed uh, actually, but, um, Oh yeah, the boat sailed mate And so was my cricket career But anyway here we go Famously <laughs> It was a very popular Women's tennis player That was asked on a date During the Super Bowl A few years back Who was that Women's tennis player um, I actually follow her on Instagram, Jeannie Bouchard. Of <laughs> course you do.
1: <laughs> course you do. <laughs> 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 of course you do, Brad. Of course we her. do, Brad.
0: <laughs> oh, no, mate. I heard she was running a muck at the ASB Tennis Classic too. But anyway, move on. Question number three. Name either the men's or the women's 2022 World Surf League champion. Surf League? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm no surfer, so... Uh... Absolutely
0: no idea. Kelly Slater. <laughs> Kelly Slater's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Brad! Mate, this beautiful surf breakdown in Indonesia, in, in St. Clair Beach. 100%. And a little waggle. Yeah. Sorry, it's right not Kelly Slater. We're going to go to you, Simon. Morning, Simon. There you go. Yeah, very good. Very good, Si. Name either the men's or women's 2022 World Surf League champion. Was it Stephanie Gilmore? Stephanie Gilmer was the women's champion and then Felipe Toledo, the Brazilian, was the men's champion. So there you go. Question number four. Steven Adams is out for a matter of weeks with a knee injury. What number does he wear on his singlet? Um, is he number four? Ooh, he is really number good. four, mate. And you see Shannon Sharp was shaking at his boots when the big tall timber yeah. wandered over and yeah. said, What's up, cuz? go. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you want this? <laughs> Alright, sorry, last Stay question down. to win a to win a fifty dollar TAB bonus bet. Al Shake Shirok won the Wellington Cup in twenty twenty one. Which with which horse who shared a name with a former teammate of mine? Waesaki, naholo. suck naholo. Waesaki, naholo. Simon, dun, $50 dun, dun, TAB. Dun, dun, dun. Bonus bet coming your way. Stay tuned because the Shake Rock is coming up after 7 o'clock, mate. Congratulations. Well done. Have a good day, mate. Cheers, boys. Same to you. Thank you. There he is, Simon. See, it's just all about timing. Unless you get off to a flying start. You can get guard, but if not, give us a call and try and get down lower on the page, on the call list, and you'll come through like Simon. Just snatch it up. There's a few questions, uh, answers coming through about our can't wait question of the day. There's Cameron Brown, 12 Iron Man NZ titles. He's a hard bugger. Yes, Brett. Cause he Brett. He's back. Why are you giving us a call? Hey, I already <laughs> missed your voice. Those tones. Hope you're well, man, and great to have you back. And then, Phil the Power Taylor for darts. Yes, he's dominated for years and years. So, that's a great one. The darts player, Phil Taylor. Love it, love it. If you've got any more, keep them coming through. Can you name another athlete or team who has dominated a single venue to that degree? Talking about Novak Djokovic. We're going to shoot off and we'll come back with a little Love Racing update. Yes, welcome back. We're going to come in with a little Love Racing update with the one and only Lua Herman Watt. Yesterday we are mata mata. Good day outing. Good day, Arden. You got a couple of winners here, Louis. What do you got for us today, brother?
2: Well, first, if you just let me. Further back then, we've got Neighbourhood as they turn for home, then first down. <laughs> Felicien's uh, closer to the inside. Got a lovely run through down to the 200 metres. Felicien in front. Neighbourhood out wide, running on. So to a Sinoino, it's Felicien. Neighbourhood coming after it strongly on the outside. Felicien still in front. Neighbourhood's getting close by every stride at the line. Oh, oh, oh. gee, that's another very good finish here. No. Neighborhood and Felician, not sure. It could go this. It was Felicianne. And then neighborhood on the outside kept coming <laughs> and it'll get there. They giving the heads oh. up next door. Neighborhood in the last couple of bounds for Joe Doyle. I told you, mate, she just doesn't win. Like Felicien. you said, like you <laughs> said that, I, was, I was like, oh, oh non
0: winner Felicia. Could I have one but for you next week
1: new plant, Louis. Oh,
2: here we go what have we got today Hastings Ooh, no, that's watched. that's some sort of a tease <laughs> um, it's, it's like it, I don't want to be like I don't like discriminating or being rude to any horses because every horse has an owner and is someone that pays bills and my and you just want your horse to run a race and to be in the finish is a great achievement but some horses just don't win' that much no some horses just cannot it, it's it's I don't know what it is. Sometimes they see Please. the other horses coming and the oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> 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 ruthless. But that wasn't the case. Neighbourhood was just too good in the end. But that no, was a good price. Uh, today I've got one for you. Here's a horse that's been very unlucky. Race six, it's had three starts and it should not be a maiden by now. Race six, number 10, Diva Dynasty. Now Sam Weatherly didn't give it the best ride last start. Actually he gave it a ride that he'd probably want to get, I'd imagine. But that's okay. He sticks. We stay with a senior jockey who's got all the talent in the world. I'd love to have Sam Weatherly ride a horse any day of the week. So he stays on. Wide gate. I don't think that matters because I just don't think this horse wants traffic. So I think they can go back and he can have one clean shot at them. Come right around. The pur Canto canto She is third up this preparation now. She is ready to break her maiden uh, for Guy Lowry. I like her. Diva Dynasty. The market's closed at the moment, but you're getting four dollars and a So uh, I had a couple of horses yesterday, multi into her to run a place, and I've had a go on the nose as well. Nice.
0: Oh, I was just hoping for one more, Louis. You know, just a little multi. You got one more, you can just send through the WhatsApp and get me a little two leg multi.
2: Just back one horse, mate. Just back Diva because otherwise, ladies like, man. Oh yeah, multi into ladies man on the weekend. That's fine. No complaints there. Yeah. Oh, I've
0: already got one going for me on the weekend. <laughs> no, I have not. Oh, I love it. Love it. Thanks for that little love racing update, Louie. Eat, drink and get racing round up your crew and book now at the NZ Coming up, we got the one and only Al Shake Sharrock He's got a couple of big runners running this weekend. In Wellington, Wellington Cup, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping the future. Yes, welcome back, Izzy and Kim P for breakfast on SCNZ. We're just into our 7 o'clock hour Thursday, the 26th of January. We're coming up and we're nearing the end of our first week. Back on the airways, just a wee update. It's not all bad news regarding the netball. Some great news, Grace Nowicki, shooter of the tournament, so she got player of the tournament and shooter of the tournament, how good is that? You got midfielder of the tournament, Kate Heffernan, and defender of the tournament was Courtney Bruce out of Australia, so a couple of Kiwis taking away a few solid honours to end the tournament. Not the result they were after, they went down against the Diamonds, but uh, they can take some positives from that uh, performance and well Grace Nowicki just lobbed the ball up to her and she gets the job done every single time. Coming up we're going to talk some racing. There's a big meeting. Uh, it's in Wellington. Al, Sheikh Sharock, and then following that we've been talking about this discussion for most of the week really and we're going to put it into context over in the UK the, way, uh, the tackle height has been lowered to the waist. in England and the RFU have made the decision to lower the tackle height. And, uh, well, our guest at 7.40, Ed Bartlett, he's uh, had a petition going on trying to overturn uh, this decision. He's had 70,000 signatures on the petition. Well, we spoke to him earlier on in the week. And we're going to play that for you at 7.40. And then Richie Moonga. For our more than athlete after 8 o'clock, and looking forward to having a chat to him, he's obviously uh, a crusader, all black, a family man, he's well into his pre-season, but we also want to talk to him about the great horse that is Moonga, and you, if you don't know, well he got given shares for naming rights, he got given shares, he donated it to child cancer to uh, charity, and that horse has won 2.8 million, so child cancer and and um, Charity has been well-paid. So he's a good man, and I can't wait to chat to him. But right now, we're going to talk racing. What a wonderful time of the thoroughbred year it is. We have two new Karaka Million champs. The breeders are as busy as they'll ever be, praying their yearlings behave before they go through New Zealand Bloodstock. Sales ring and Wellington Cup day is bang, smack in the middle of it all. It'll be a great Saturday of racing in the capital, with the Group 1 Thorndon Mile on the card but it's the cup. Our next guest has a mortgage on, and it's a race he knows how to win. Waisaki starting to get into the clear in charge now. We've got Blueish Chance, Sergeant Blast over on the outside. Wider out, Waisaki starting to wind up. Tiago Kalaburn back in behind these as they work on down Blueish Chance. Waisaki's finishing hard, the favourite. He's coming quickly now. He's going to win the big back. And Waisaki, a favourite scout. Waisaki, he is back! To hopefully go bang, bang. And the one that knows how to go bang, bang is our next guest, Al Shake Shirock. How you doing? The Shake?
7: Morning is, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Just sitting there and watching the traffic go down the motorway. It's a bit early for you, Al. Yeah, you actually got me out of bed. on me and Emma were just having a little rest, is, and you've uh, you've interrupted that. Yeah. It's a bugger. <laughs>
0: uh, we appreciate it, mate. We appreciate your time as always, <laughs> Al. But you're up obviously up there for a reason. Got your eye on a few, mate. Got your eye on a few at the sales. What are we
7: what are yeah, we getting chairs in? Yeah, yeah I don't know. We I've got a couple of clients who wanna spend a bit of money, so it's it's not Russian roulette, you gotta do your homework. So it's the first time we've come up to go around the whole lot at the compound and do everything possible to find the next good horse, you know. So, uh, busy time for us.
1: Yeah, it is a busy yeah. time for you. Alex, can here, mate. Um, yeah. Just just let us know why the Wellington Cup um, is a race you love to target.
7: Oh, I just, I, I really like my stayers, mate, and more thought goes into it, more uh, groundwork, and it's a challenge to train two-mile horses. I, I don't know, I just... I like that side of training horses you've just got to be a little bit more accurate you can uh, play the long game and I enjoy the challenge you know
0: we've had a message come through mate from Rick Sharik. a yeah. Ashake Sharrock trifecta yeah. power play in Wellington Cup
7: chances oh mate does it be a big thrill but I wouldn't say I'm out of it is he um yeah the two Z horses, namely Ladies Man, they named that after you as I suppose, and Waki. South Road's a good chance too, you know he's going to get two miles, but he probably lacks a class of the top
1: two, you know. Yeah, they, okay. mate, let's, let's just hope that Pauli Mawati's got some news for us today, because we've asked for that power play out. Um, Talk us about Waisaki, though. He's a second favourite with a far more suitable weight, and you've got O on it, Opie Bossom, uh On the back, yeah. can he become a two-time champ, do you think, or is it too hard to get past ladies' men?
7: No, I think it's going to be hard for, for the old boy to get past the young horse, but... He's peaking at the right time. Hope he's a legend. Hope he's enjoyed the fact that it's gone up half a kilo so he'll ride the weight. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, work yesterday, they all had a, a a sound gallop, all three together yesterday, and they all worked enormous. Um, probably the horse that recovered the best was Wasaki. He didn't blow much. So I think I've got him exactly where I want him. And it's. Uh, you know the staff, the the rehab we did with him is tendon seems a hundred percent. It's hard to get them back from tendon injuries, and we've done it. So um, touch wood, he can do the job.
0: Well, mate, as a trainer
7: uh, of these uh, great
0: horses, you would have been able to visualise the race panning out for you. Well, how do you? How does the race need to pan out for for your three horses to have a really solid chance?
7: It's <clears throat> is a two mile race is a landmine because. Uh, Probably at the 600, half of them put the white flag because they can't run the distance. And I've always said to my riders, it's it's from there on in, you've got to start looking at clear and not bookings because uh, they'll be coming back in your face pretty quick, the tired ones. So the boys I've got on are all capable or probably the, some of the best riders in New Zealand. So um, as long as they can look ahead like being in traffic and put the brake on and get out at the right time, you should get the job done. I, my boys aren't lacking in fitness. They'll be spot on. So um, they're going to find the line,
1: you've Ladies, man, um, he's been the bully for a while now. He opened at six bucks. He's nowhere near that. You've had some success with his family before too, haven't you?
7: Yeah, and I got the $6, Kempi. I was one of the first on, so that was great. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, his, his half-sister won, a, won an Auckland Cup, and she was by uh, Dylan Thomas. This horse is by Zed. You'd say he's got more. Staying pedigree in his veins, um, and he just finds the line. He's 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 a tough horse. He's actually last two starts he's raced with issues and overcome them. So um, yeah, he's a, he's a tough horse. When you
0: when you jump up another twelve hundred metres, you know you're you going a three-two, and that's where the Melbourne Cups run it. And and the difference, what is the difference? And obviously the distance, but to give yourself a chance, to give itself a chance. Is it the right yeah. You know, is it, what's, it, what's the difference here?
7: Oh, yeah. I, I think it's the groundwork you do as a trainer. Is he? You know what I mean? They, they've got to, they got to relax. They've got to breathe. But it's the last twelve hundred that the hurting starts. And you know, if, if you've done the groundwork, they should get over the pain barrier. You know, and that's what I've tried with my stayers to get them that fit that they can get through the pain barrier because it starts hurting at some stage. Not that Kempy's ever been to that pain barrier, is he? But uh, some of us have. You
1: know? yeah. Hey, Al, talking about pain, mate, you got a ginger who's running the, the 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 racing game now, and we've just had one being um, put in place here running, running the country. Do you think the country's in good hands with those two? Yeah,
7: I think so, matey. Brother Bull, he's got the job ahead of him, I can, I can tell you. I'd, I'd rather be where we are than in his position. But he thinks to be handling it, mate. Yeah. I think it will age him, but, um, you know, it was his call, wasn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah, it was. And, hey, just before we let you go, what sort of business will you be, um, be looking to do at uh, Karaka, Elk with with, um, with your view of these young ones going around? Are you looking to snap up a couple of uh, good boys, or are you just going to spend plenty?
7: Oh, I've got a couple of boys that want to spend quite a bit of money on fillies, um, but we will probably grab three or four to syndicate again like we did last year. They they got syndicated pretty quickly on the back of our strike rate and the way we're going, so we might keep that rolling. Um, but, you know, it's about finding the next good one, isn't it? It's, that's the, the art of the game, and that's a challenge too, and that's another thing I enjoy is finding those horses. and You don't always have to pay the biggest price. you just got to be accurate enough to work out what you want
0: you got to have the eye, eh, Al Sharrock? you got the eye, brother. And talk to me about this. We're, we're going to have Richie Moonga on uh, after eight, and obviously the Moonga horse was named after him. Was there some – was it
7: was it named after Wasaki Nohulu, obviously? Or does he get yeah, a, a well, share in
0: the horse too, mate? <laughs> no.
7: Wasaki was playing for Taranaki, and he flew, and, and uh, this horse, obviously, everyone knows what type of horse he is. Yeah. Um, and and the boys named him that, and and he sort of got a cult following. The big fella, so um, I don't think uh, he was ever going to be a sprinter, Waisake. He's bred to stay, but uh, yeah, he's a he's a bit of a favourite, mate.
0: I don't know if that makes sense because waisaki was a sprinter. He definitely wasn't a stayer, mate. He was in the back <laughs> of that bronco. So uh, I don't know where you <laughs> go with cool that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh-huh. appreciate it, brother. Appreciate your time and good luck this weekend, man. You got three solid chances, and uh, you're, we're right here, right behind you here on SCNZ. Thanks for your time, the bull.
7: Thanks, boys. Appreciate
0: it. There the Shake Shirok, three genuine chances in the big race on the weekend. South Road. South Road's a good horse. I remember that won a couple of solid races last year and I couldn't believe I didn't back it and Kempy did he didn't want
1: to tell us. But he's got three solid ladies' man's to lose, isn't it? Oh, it is. And he's he said that he set ladies' man and you know, he's talked about Wasaki coming back from that tendon injury. Um South Road, mate, be those boys. The the Stanley boys, they also got Seamus. Mm. They they're on a roll, mate. Everything they touch with Al it turns to gold. So, uh, I know what I'm doing this weekend on the Wellington Cup. I'm having that power play that Paulie Moriarty's going to give us later on this morning. Because I, uh, you know, look at the field, mate. If you look at the form, I think Al's, he'll he'll run he'll run real close the top though mm. in the top three those horses. I think That's my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have a wee look at that one. Have a wee look at that one and box up wee trifecta there. Uh, that will be a party to boot if he gets the one, two, and three. Imagine the shake just sitting there on the sidelines on the on, the, on the track side and just really uh, enjoying himself. He's going to the Cracker Sales, and you've both been there. You both would have been to the Cracker Sales. I've never been. Um, I was hoping to, to get along if we sold Pungal and get another one, but we didn't.
1: Um, what are they like? Yeah, is it an enjoyable time? Good fun. Hey, Louie, we're there on Monday. Yeah, yeah, we are. That's right. I didn't get invited. Well, you didn't sell pongo. <laughs> <laughs> you are broke, mate. You got no money in those pockets. <laughs> you need yeah, plenty. It is a good. It's a good day, hey, Louie. It's a nice setup, mate. You see all the trainers there. You, you go and talk to them. You watch what they. They. It's like us preparing for a game. You know what I mean. Like when you're preparing for a game, they are really focused. It's a waste of time trying to talk to Alan, to be honest.
2: Yeah, it is. The, the trainers, they, well, they all cruise around. I mean, it depends. If you catch them after they buy a nice horse, they'll be in the uh, Trelawney tent or the Waikato Stud tent or the, the Lavendale tent. Yeah, we got a f- we got a
1: few to get through.
2: We do. It's a it's a bar crawl. It's a pub crawl. It's a it's a big it's a big day out there. I'm going to be there on Saturday with the Good Oil, actually. We're doing our show from there on Saturday. They've got a welcome party, New Zealand Bloodstock. Um, So we're going to be there doing the show, Stephen McKee, Clayton and myself, so looking forward to that. And on your your multi, your power play you want, well, it's up. So you can do a a DIY power play for the Wellington Cup. So if you take South Road to run on the top five, Waisaki to run on the top five, and Ladies' Man to win, you're getting $11.62.
0: Whoa. Oh, that is good money How good That is good money Love it, love it Might have to put uh, Diva Dynasty into that little power play there, Louis It'll eh? get me paid today Four laws and eleven dollars Juicy Juicy Just quickly, Louis, before we let you go If I get paid, your filly What's going on there? Yes, she
2: um, <laughs> Yeah <laughs> she <has> had, a, <laughs> had a few setbacks and I laugh because you hear it all in racing as you know Keith. You, you know, and it's, it's just it's a game that you got to be patient it's the great game and this is what I mean like when you slag a horse you don't know what it's taken to get it to the races so after a lot of foot a, a really gnarly foot injury she's been working and they finally got her back Mark Walker's done really good work with her and uh, she was going to the trials and the pony that leads the horse around to the trials kicked her. I've heard it all now. Yeah. Um, uh, like the, the the horse, the pony that's meant to keep the horse quiet is turned to Give it her, put her out, and she, so she's but she's so. I've, I, it's funny. I was messaging Baz because Baz is like the great victim, right? Like he's heard it all. I was, he's like he even he was like, oh no, <laughs> he was like, go on. So, um, but she's going back to the trials soon, and she'll be at the races soon enough. And she's working well, and she looks like a different oh. horse. So she, there, we'll get her back. We'll get her back going.
0: The horse game, eh? Isn't it great? Something like that happening out of your control, and the horse has been impacted Look, I hope to see it racing. Yeah, I know I watched a couple of his trials and it's a couple of his races a while back. Has a race for a while, so hopefully he can get back. And uh, a little update: Pungall's yeah, trolling 13th, and hopefully going to race on the 18th. So. Good to get the horses back out there. They've had a well-earned break and probably a bit too much of a break. they come back and it was a little bit slow and wasn't running properly. So I hear you and I feel you. Well, coming up, we're going to hear from the man himself, Mr. Tony Camp, off the back fence. Where's he going to go? Keep those messages coming through. Double eight, double three. We've got one there for you, Kimpy, regarding David Fusatua. We'll get to that shortly. But off the back fence, coming up, you're listening to Izzy and Kempe. For breakfast, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance.
2: Off the back fence with Tony Kemp.
1: So what, in fact, is a CBA? Otherwise known as the Collective Bargaining Agreement, it is simply that, an agreement between parties who collectively decide what is best for both, and which sometimes includes the ability to bargain for one policy over or another. The NRL now faces a major hurdle, first and foremost, for not understanding that a collective actually means both parties. It has therefore earned the rebuttal of its proposal from players simply because of the NRL's decision not to be inclusive. Without inclusivity, there is no permission to confirm a collective bargaining agreement. CBAs are not new. If you look at the NFL, for instance, players have 48.8% of growth revenues ascertained through a collective agreement. Significant income that doesn't just go towards players' salaries, but also pre- and post-career outcomes, insurances and wellbeing programs, as well as hardship funds. In my entire 14 years as a pro footballer and in my 30 years in the game not once have I benefited from a CBA. And therein lies the reason I support the current player's stance of calling out the NRL. The NRL has not respected the CBA nor has it included a democratic process in decision making. This prevents players from voting on and recommending policies that best suit the key player in the agreement. Players, not the NRL. So where to from here? Players should walk the talk if they are serious about making a stand against dictatorship. Honouring the CBA starts with inclusion and voting rights and agreements. Very simple. It doesn't work when the NRL arbitrarily decides who gets what and announces the decisions without even talking to the main stakeholders. The players. I think that's called an NBA. A non-bargaining agreement.
0: Off the back fence with Tony Kemp.
1: It's interesting, Ken
0: P We're, Will they make the stand? they obviously words are coming out and without no product there is nothing and there is no money. Broadcasting rights will go out the door and we know the major factor and the financial implications that will have on the NRL. So do you see this getting worse and worse? And what are the what's the messaging out of Volandi's Is he listening? Well that's or is the problem. He, not listening. Yeah. Like, that, I'm getting an understanding they're not listening.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. He's uh look if you go back to the old union days, it's a it's a you know, a bit of a, a sit and wait type scenario where well let's let's sit, who let's see who's gonna crumble first, you know what I mean? It's like um the poker face. Let's 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 see who gives in um to the weaker hand, you know, I'm gonna bluff you out. So I think you know, I've been looking at it all week and you get a really good Um, I guess, media coverage in Australia, especially around the CBA. And I've got to say, I've I've got to say 80% of the players, 90% of the players are saying we're out. So don't call our bluff. And uh, Kurt Cape will come out up in um, Brisbane, who's now a senior player, and he's basically come out and called Valandi's out. So I personally, I think that, um, you know, it's unfortunate the, the if they do go on strike, that means the Indigenous game here in Rotorua probably won't go ahead. That's going to be the catalyst. So we'll know before the 11th of February. Um, and I think they've got a really good reason too. You know, look if you listen to the woman, for instance, they're saying we don't even know if we're playing next year, so we can't even hit the training paddock. We got no insurances. They're telling us to pay our insurance. Uh, it's an absolute mess. So hopefully, the players' association, Clint Newton, uh, Jack Newton's son, uh, the great golfer um, from Newcastle, his, uh, his son Clint Newton's the boss of the. The Players Association, hopefully you can sort that out and uh, we can, I I guess, kick off the season starting here at Rotorua with this fantastic game between the Indigenous and the Māori.
0: Well, I've just done a bit of reading. What happens if there is a strike? This is obviously the worst case scenario for all involved, particularly then our games would be cancelled for an indefinite period of time. Revenue from broadcaster and ticket sales, among other streams, would dry up. It would be a public relations disaster. One possibility raised this week was an offer from USA Championship Rugby League to pause its season and come in as an alternative labour if required. The NRL has not commented on that option. The USA Championship League side to come in as an alternative. That is scratching,
1: isn't it? Honestly, I've read that and I started to laugh. I started to seriously. I played the USA. Um, I'm not saying that they can't play rugby league or play sport, but yeah. mate, it's it's like let me tell you, it's like the it's like the Phoenix coming to play NRL. Mm-hmm. It's it is just so far out. It's so far out of the out of the spectrum. And I just started to laugh when I read that. So, you well, know, the the benefit for those guys is they all just want to get paid. You know what I mean? So, I look. I think personally. I think it'll get sorted out. Um, they they can't be too Has far. To. They can't, they can't, can't be that. too far away from an agreement. The, the The problem was that they never discussed the agreement. You know what I mean? If they had discussed the agreement before they had gone public, I'm pretty sure they would have sorted it out.
0: Well, there you go. Kempi's off the back fence regarding the CBA collective bargaining agreement in the NRL. We're at a standstill, and. Uh, our well, talks and there's a bit of tension going through so let us know double eight double three what's your stance on it should the players just suck it up and move on forward or the nrl have they got to just come to the party and start paying these players and then the nrl w wow from what i'm hearing from you and doing a little bit of reading then they've got nothing they don't even know if they've got training week in week out and no insurance for health injuries no cover so you need to look after both parties. Love it, mate. Let us know. Double eight, double three on the temper bedpost text machine. There's a few messages there. I'll get to those shortly. But we're going to come back with uh, headlines with Louis. For then, here's other half the news for Kubota. Building in shape in the future.
2: 27 away from 8 o'clock. couple of sports headlines here with Kennard's high. When a 1.7 tonne Kubota excavator with Kennard's high visit kennards.co.nz oh, yeah that's a biggie that is not a smallie that is a biggie 1.7 tonne right couple of bits of sports news for you unfortunately the Silver Ferns have gone down in the final of the quad series they've lost 56-50 they were leading 19-15 at quarter 1 31-30 at half time and then it was the third quarter where Australia had a 5 point swing to be leading 44 44- so the Silver Ferns couldn't hang on there. Joffre Archer. This is exciting news for cricket fans and for Baz in particular. He thinks he might be able to play in the Summer Ashes Series against Australia. He's set to play for England for the first time in 22 months, if you can believe that, when yeah. England's 50-over squad prepare to play South Africa. And back to the NRL, Kempi, you'll find this one interesting. He's a man that you have referenced many a time. Nick Politis has Mm. celebrated his 30th year as chairman of the Roosters. And they've just opened their new state-of-the-art facilities named Nick Politis Center for Excellence. Pretty good innings for uh, a guy who's shaped the face of the NRL. And he says he's not done with.
1: When I, you spend time with
4: young people, you absorb energy from them, and I like to think that while they sometimes cause me stress, their energy <laughs> will be something that I continue to benefit from. And I look forward to that being the case for me to stay on a bit longer.
1: Legend, right, Kimby? Uh, I Look, it, he is Mr. the rugby league. You know, they talk about all these um, these people that come and uh, gallop, you know, Volandes, uh, the, the commission, over that period of time, the, the, the one... Uh, mainstay throughout the whole lot has been Nick Politis so uh, he's had a lot to say and shape the game and he's had a lot of good people, you know, you, you look at the legends that he's had go through his club you know, Full Gould, um, Brad Fittler, you know, now he's got um, some of Sonny Bill Williams, some of, the, some of the best players that we've ever seen play for him so uh, to be in the game, he'll, he'll, he'll be in the game forever, guarantee it He's, he ain't stepping away. He'll always have something to, something to do with the game. And I know, too, that even with the CBA that we're talking about, Nick Politis will have his hands all over it.
0: Hmm. Yep, 100% Kempe, and uh, he's an absolute champion. Is this the year of the Roosters? And just quickly on uh, the CBA, is this all about money? Money is obviously central, but it does not seem to be the key source of tension. The RLPA is looking to ensure all players are on a per-player basis, are tracking forward with the CBA covering approximately 1,000 players due to the addition of a 17th club and 10 NRLW teams, up from 600. Abdo said the NRL put forward an offer, get this, of $1.3 billion over five-year cycle, which is an increase of 37% for the players. So there's plenty of money in there, Can be but over a five-year cycle,
1: yeah, and on and I've, what you what you've asked is it's not just about the money. You know, I did I did some really quick numbers. I'll just rattle them off really quickly. Uh, there's been about eight hundred and thirty Kiwi players over one hundred and seven years. That's about an average of seven seven players a year. If you break that down, every player had a knee um, construction uh, reconstruction. Uh, it's not a hell of a lot of money that goes into in injury post career. For instance, if you're using those type of numbers, and I think what the smart people are doing is they're saying well it may be okay to to rattle off uh, the number in its entirety but where is it going you know and there's you're talking about this this cba it's 2023 well the game's been around since 1907
0: Yep. Yep. it's a long time a long time and you're right the money needs to be filtered into the right places it's all fair and Saying 1.3 billion, you think, well, off the bat, that's a lot of money. But you did right; it needs to go to the right places, and I'm sure they'll be all over that. And uh, two weeks, once the CBA commences, two weeks they're hopefully going to get it all sorted. But if not, well, it's going to go pear shaped, and we'll have no NRL. And as fans, we do not want to head down that track. Coming up, we're going to. We spoke to Ed Bartlett regarding the other side, the other union, RFU over in England. Changed the tackle height to below the waist. And Ed Bartlett, well, he had his his say, so he's coming up.
1: You wouldn't have missed the huge news out of England from the RFU over the last week. It didn't involve Eddie Jones, but it was regarding tackle technique, another controversial (laughs) topic, as they have taken NZR's sternum line for the amateur game and banned tackling above the waist full stop. Much like here, the whole community game in England is affected. Many clubs, schools, colleges and universities of both age grade and adult levels, including the National One Division and below in the men's game and Championship One and below in the women's game. It hasn't gone down too well with rugby um, stakeholders in England, including current and past professional players and of course, those at the heart of the community, community game. Ed Bartlett has been involved with the community game himself for a long time and has launched an online petition to get the decision overturned. It's gone really well so far. It's reached over 70,000 signatures, which paints a picture in itself. Ed's on the line with us now. Joining us, g'day mate, uh, uh, like you said, uh, not very happy about that uh, ruling Ed coming out of uh, the RFU. No.
4: no, well boys, thanks for having me, but yeah, no, not at all. I think I think the biggest frustration is the, the lack of consultation and obviously the way it was communicated to the clubs. Um, obviously it, just a, it, it seems like it was either done by design or well, they are totally aware of the fairies and, and, and obviously just not communicating at all. So uh, the clubs are rightly in up for all because how on earth are they trying to implement this? You know, a lot of the players don't train. You know, you've got to retrain tackle height. Um, and, you know, let alone, you know, the game has taken such a long time to recover post-COVID uh, just in terms of playing numbers. And it feels like there was some real momentum starting to get back this season. And, and unfortunately, I think the whole game, it just feels like the rudder has been taken out once
3: more.
0: Mate, can you can you understand I was just doing a little bit of reading there and I've seen old Farrell's uh going for it and he's all he's all for it. Obviously he's dealt with his own current situation as of late, but um can you understand what's what's the feel over in in England from from everyone out in the public? Are they for, are they against? I know Owen's for it.
4: Yeah, good question. Um I think um a lot of a lot of people, um well certainly certainly that we've been speaking to uh i certainly very much against it. I think, you know, all the rugby website groups are talking about it, and everyone, everyone is, you know, um, doesn't know whether to, to stick or twist. Right? It's, it's obviously there is no, there is no um, silver bullet here um, in terms of mm. you know what is the right call, what is the wrong call. Um, so look, I'm not, I'm not here to say, um, you know, from a science perspective. Obviously, look, I'm, I'm no doctor, but I just think that um, we. How this is going to be implemented is is going to be the biggest thing. Um, Mm. And and what's happening now as we speak is there's um, rapid response council meetings being set. Um, You know, um, big AGMs, sorry, sorry, big general meetings, should I say, um, happening um, up and down the country amongst the RFU councils. And actually, um, already Staffordshire Council uh, for Rugby have, have said to their rep, Go back and rescind your vote already. So it it does seem that there is a wind of change, and, and I've seen emails from various sources to say that actually there will be a period of consultation now, and obviously they'll, they'll try and work with the community clubs as to what is the right way. Um, and not that they've not that they've climbed down to a decision yet, but uh, it does seem that they've uh, they've certainly um, the winds of, of backtrack and starting to come. Should we say?
0: Mate, what are the numbers like in terms of? People playing the game in the community—are they healthy, or do you do you feel like this is a panic decision from the RFU to yeah. try and encourage these these parents to allow their kids to play?
4: It's a great question. I, I don't think the numbers are healthy enough. Um, you know, yeah. there's, there's there's so much choice now um, in terms of what sport you can play and obviously Unfortunately, rugby, yes, it is a collision sport, and and unfortunately, there are mm. you know, obviously injuries that do happen as a result. Um, so, you know. Are parents going to be more encouraged to let their kids play as a result of this tackle? I actually don't think they are. Um, and I think the mm-hmm. biggest issue is that post-COVID, we saw a number of players give up um, because, you know, there was, there was no game to play. And obviously those numbers have not come back. Um, so certainly last season, which was the first season post-COVID, you know, our team obligations, we're level six. We were, trying, we were struggling to get two sides out on occasions. Um, you know, this season we've got, we're definitely getting two sides out. We started to get a third team out in the last few weeks as well. Um, and that's back to when we had, a, we had three teams, not four teams and a Vets team. Um, and I think the biggest problem with this is that how are you going to teach 35 plus guys who play in the second team and third team, you know, they work all week, they've got families, they come down, they can play the occasional game of the weekend. They're not going to want to play the game. Uh, so Vets rugby for one, is going to be completely, um, you know, gone as a, as a, as a as a product. And I, and I do fear that, you know, the second team and third team, um, they're, they're going to struggle to get players out because, you know, mm. as, as I said, in my position, rugby's a game for all shapes and sizes. Mm. And, and unfortunately, I think it's, it's going to, you know, the, the bigger lads, you know, uh, the lads that aren't perhaps as fit, you know, are they going to want to play the game? Probably not, is the answer to the question. You know, they're going to look for mm. other things to do on their Saturday because it's, it's just becoming too complicated and, 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 and too much, and and it's going to become like too much hard work to play the game.
1: It, it will be for some of those blokes walking out of the out of the uh, Raza and they, they can't bend down that far to tackle someone around the waist. Um, look, we're yeah. we we're, we're, we're taught as young kids. The first thing we're taught down here in New Zealand is to tackle around the legs. Um, yep, you know it's. And do you think this return to the future? you know because it's like going back to when our grandfathers were taught to tackle um the the people the rule changes haven't really understood the dynamic of the game and of course the progression of the game and the player um and there could have been other rules implemented before going to what i think is one of the most drastic ones is back to back to the future tackle around the around the waist around the legs
4: yeah no no definitely um tony i think um that definitely could have been you know, for example, at the moment it's it's, it's shoulder height and um, above is obviously illegal. You know, they could have quite easily reduced it to, to nipple height. I know the controversy is they're saying is that that's not good enough. Um, uh, but realistically, you know, in the amateur game, um, are you know are, are we as you know non-professional athletes big enough and strong enough at level six, seven, eight, and and beyond to sort of fourteen, fifteen? Big enough to make those collisions um, as you know at, at the elite level, and I think unfortunately what they've done is they've looked at the elite level um, uh, science and basically said we need to apply this to the amateur game and um, you know and if if they were going to do it, they should have done it the whole the whole the whole way rather than punish the, the amateur game and it, and it just feels like uh, that they well but basically the, the evidence just saying is that it feels like there's they don't care. There's no consultation. And how, how is the amateur game supposed to pick up the pieces? Because the problem as well is, guys, is that, you know, the refereeing situation as well, there's there's a shortage of referees in this country uh, for the amateur game. So uh, sometimes sides, you know, have to go without and, and make do with someone who perhaps has got like a sort of a, a foundation refereeing course from somewhere. So, you know, and if, are the refs going to want to referee the game? Because it's, it's pretty complicated as it is. And to now add this further dimension into it, are they going to want to do it? You know, the answer again is probably
3: not.
0: <laughs> Probably not, who would want to be a ref The amount of sprays they cop from players and, and coaches these days uh, I wouldn't want to be a ref referee in South Africa anyway But quickly, just before we no, let you go, not. Ed <laughs> what's, What next? Like These things has come out of nowhere Look, concussion is at is the forefront of our minds We want to stamp it out, we don't want to see it I was playing in the era where those concussion protocols were minimal and you just played on because that was our kind of mantra, don't want to show any weakness. But what, what's next for rugby? What can you see? Something drastic coming out in the future from the RFU? That's
4: a great question. Um, I, th- I think look, everyone wants the game to be as safe as, safe as humanly possible, but you know, mm. Let's be honest, guys. It, it, it's it's a collision sport. You know, um, yeah. things things do happen. You know, um, players. You know, have to react at the. You know, uh, in split seconds, make a decision about what mm. they're going to do. You know, it's unfortunately. Um, you know, injuries are are a product of the sport, and that that is life. But I think I think in terms of answering your question, what's next? Well, there's a already been a community clubs union set up. Um, I think there's a lot of talk in the game about, actually, is it now time to have a separate um, rugby union that looks after the amateur game, let the RFU just yeah. run the professional game? Um, so that's certainly been a um, a lot of talk. And actually, I think that someone's already set up a community clubs union um, that they're trying to push. So it will be interesting to see what happens. I mean, obviously, um, I think the, the dust is still yet to settle. Um, but look, put it this way... Um, I know for one that um no one is going to be uh, voting for this change. Um so it'll be interesting to see if they if they try and push it through um but I think if they do they they could they could have a revolt in their hands and I think the game will the game will 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 come together and they'll say no.
0: There's no chance it's going to happen. They've got no control over the clubs. They're never going to let the community go for sure so you know. no. Good they, luck.
4: They certainly, they certainly shouldn't be. Yeah, they certainly shouldn't. Yeah. Be. I mean uh, I think, I think rugby league, put it this way, Tony, uh, rugby league are licking their lips because uh, everyone's now thinking, you know what, stuff it, I'm going to play a 13 side man.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we need plenty of <laughs> players down this end too, Ed, so if those rugby boys want to switch <laughs> over and come down to this beautiful country, get some sun, just send them our way. Yeah, you're right,
0: mate. you're right. Well, look. Hey, beautiful Boys, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Ed.
1: Good work, mate. Take care.
0: You too,
4: guys.
0: Take care. bye S-E-N-Z. There he is, Ed Butler, talking about the tackle laws, the sudden change over in the RFU, and he touched on it, Kempi. We're already struggling to encourage players' parents to allow their kids to play the game. Is this enough? Is this enough, this sudden change up in in the north? Is it the change that's going to encourage these players, uh, these these parents and these players to come and play the great game of of rugby? Or are we going to see a player drainage? Are these players going to go play league now because... Of the sudden, sudden change. So it's an interesting one. Let us know. Double eight, double three. There's a message come through already, and we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> yes. Welcome back. We're coming up to eight o'clock, and then remember, after eight, we're going to talk to the one and only Richie Moonga for our more than athlete on this Thursday, and looking forward to having a wee chat to him, and we'll ask him about the new tackle height rules uh, over in the uh, uh, over in the north. Ed Bartlett just joined us talking about that. The message coming through from Mark. We teach kids to tackle cheek to cheek, so it shouldn't be a problem. Yes, you did, right. But um, the game happens so quick, and I just feel for these two-metre locks, athletes that have to bend down so far. It's, yeah, be interesting to watch this unfold and see what happens. Um, it's interesting times in the game of rugby. We're trying to stamp out concussions it is at the forefront of everyone's minds. Concussions and the repeated head knocks. And it's, uh, it's something we want to eradicate from the game. And this is probably the RFU taking those drastic steps to, uh, to try and achieve this. Let us know, double eight double three. are you for or are you against Richie Moonga? We'll throw that question to him and we'll see what he's been up to in the preseason. We'll also talk to him about Moonga. He's Aroha half the news for Kubota, building a shape in the future. Welcome back Croc City baby, that's right, I'm wearing my Crocs, Neeps is wearing his Crocs, it's our mission I'm to get everyone there in the studio <laughs> to get their Crocs, don't buy them Kimpy. We come and gonna get you some for your birthday, get your crocs brother. Ah, crocs! Hey, Louis, are crocs making a little wee resurgence. you would be a croc man, would not you?
2: I actually wore crocs and uh, at broadcasting school, and Brian Ashby, the great man Gash, came in to do a, a guest lecture about sports journalism, and he saw me wearing them, yep. and he literally took one off my foot and threw it out a three store
1: three story window. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear, I, I hear that holes are in the bottom of by your toes for a reason, in it. I've heard. Yeah. That's weird. yeah, just
0: to let them aerate. <laughs> so, oh, the oh, oh, but you heard. can actually get these little giblets to spruce them up. <laughs> Make them look a little bit flash and speedy. <laughs> Put headlights on them, mate. You need to know where you go. Put some headlights on your Crocs. How good.
1: Oh, I heard that. that's, the, that's the place where your dignity drips out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, how good. How good. Well, right now, it's five past eight, and this next guest, no doubt, he'll be a Croc fan.
4: Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as
0: hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe.
1: Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities.
0: Yes, here we go. Our first More Than An Athlete episode for 2023. You know him well on the field, the sparkling step. Twinkly Toes, elite execution of the gun, first five, that is Richie Waunga. But Richie has a big heart, and tomorrow, off the field, the whole Crusaders organization are putting rugby to the side to do something very important for their community. Led by Academy manager Aaron Webb, the Crusaders will embark on the long run, which will start from 6 a.m. and will run a baton 153 times around rugby and Melvin Park. The number represents 153 Kiwi kids who are diagnosed with cancer in Aotearoa each year. And while partnering with Child Cancer Foundation, this community event will raise some much-needed funds for the great cause. Richie Moe is with us on the line now, mid pre grind. Morning, Richie. How you doing, bud? Good
3: morning, brothers. Good
0: morning, Daggy. Morning, morning. Yes. Great to have you on the show. Just quickly, mate, tomorrow's a big day, and uh, I've seen you back in it. You're obviously a huge advocate for for child cancer. And before we get on to what you were able to raise through that great horse, Moonga, tomorrow, mate, tell us what it entails. Yeah, so um, the Crusaders and Child uh,
3: Cancer Foundation have teamed up, um, led by our Academy Manager, Aaron Webb, so around 153 laps around uh, Melbourne and Rugby Park, um, as yeah, you said, to represent 153 kids diagnosed every year, um, mm-hmm. Kiwi kids with cancer. So uh, it's just an awesome opportunity for uh, the community, uh, the Crusader Boys, the Cancer Foundation to get together um, and to support an awesome cause. You know, kids are kids are very special to us, and those with kids, uh, we know. Uh, how much we love to protect our children, how you know, anything we'll do for them. So it's an awesome chance for us to get behind and, and support Child Cancer Foundation and the awesome work that they do uh, every year uh, to help families, um, support them one-on-one, uh, emotionally, practical, financial support uh, every step of the way. So I think it's an awesome cause. And if you can, text uh, Crusaders to 3457 uh, to donate $3 it will, will be a huge
1: help. Two four five seven. That's the number. Three four. Three three four, three, four, five, four. five seven. Yeah. On It's on its way. It's on its way. Richie. Hey. Morning, Nice to talk to you, um, mate. How special is that man, Webby? He's a special character, man. He um, hasn't played hasn't played for the Crusaders, so been in the Crusaders environment
3: here, moment. you know, he penalizes what what it's, what we stand for. What we want to do as, as people and as a team. All those values he. He shows every day, and to be a leader of an awesome academy that we have here in Crusaders, um, he's leading the way and showing us you know, how to lead and what it meant to be Crusader on
0: and off the field. He's an absolute champion, Webby. He obviously completed a hell of a day, 12 hours, I think, was running around Rugby Park and Melbourne Park last year, so this ain't his first time, but you're a Christchurch lad. Can you explain why well, having such a deep connection with the community and being more than a rugby team is so important to Canterbury and the Crusaders?
3: Yeah, bro, I'm from Christchurch, so I bleed red and black, and even from an early age, um, I felt that connection with the team, the Crusaders, without that even playing for them, um, yeah. because of the work they've done in the community, um, because what they stand for as a team. Uh, you can see that um, the last 10, 20 minutes on on the field, what they're able to do, and the care that they're able to show uh, for each other, uh, and for us as Crusaders now, we want to we want that to continue. We want that legacy to continue. So we're just more than a rugby team. We want to reach out to people, have that connection with community. Uh, but we have the chance, and we have the you know the ability to make a difference off the field, and I think that's. That's
1: a really important thing that we have to do and continue to do as Crusaders. Yeah, man, mean that, uh, that's dead right, Richie. I was looking at the uh, the Crusaders page this morning. What a what a fantastic cause we 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 um, started last year, and you guys all following that up this year. Uh, this isn't the first time though that you've supported child cancer and the foundation. And just remind us of that journey with Moonga, the racehorse mate, what, um, and what you what you did as far as providing some, I guess, some much important funds for that great cause as well
3: yeah for me having uh been an ambassador for child Kansas Foundation is a awesome way for me to you know to be out in the community and to show love to kids uh that, that you knows I'm an uncle of about fifteen and <laughs> even when i was a even when I was a kid i, I was surrounded by kids so my love for kids is huge um and I was able to have a chance to be part of an awesome horse bondner um have ten percent share in that, and and sort of any race that won, any money that made ten percent would go to Child Cancer Foundation, which was people say you know that, that that's huge, that's uh, awesome work. But for me, it's it's nothing, you know. Mm. Child Cancer Foundation, they they need to raise at least six million a year to provide mm. you know their vital support services. So. um when you see and you go in to CHOC and the foundation and hospitals and see the work that they should do, that's when it becomes clear that the support is, is needed. And it's thanks to Kiwis every year and, and their big hearts and their donations that a foundation like this can keep running and giving awesome support to, to the kids of, of New Zealand.
0: Well, no one's got a bigger heart than yourself, Richie. You're, you're an absolute champion man and Munga won uh, $2.8 million in prize money. So $280,000 will be going wow. to Child Cancer Foundation and has gone to Child Cancer Foundation. So yeah. when you think of, of that number, obviously $6 million is a huge number, but you must be extremely proud to be able to just you know give your little 10% here and there. And, and, and can you just give us a little inkling of what that money will go towards to help these families and these parents when and these kids what they're going through?
3: Yeah, so when kids are diagnosed with cancer and they come through Child Cancer Foundation, um, you know, it's ensuring that parents are able to come and support their children um, and see their kid or their child go through uh, what they need to go through, but being there with them every step of the way. Uh, As I said, it's it's emotional support. It's making sure that they have family members being able to be here and when they are here, um, that they've been housed and they have uh, a roof over their head. Um, as we know, the children go through a a heck of a lot, but their family members do as well, and it's making sure that we look after their family members and let them then do things outside, um, you know, taking their kids out, uh, whether it's taking them mini-golf or things that they're able to do, it's just a huge thing that Joe Kansas Foundation put huge emphasis on, and making sure that families are there to support, and they take them away and they can bring them back, and you know, everyone sort of feels
0: that love, especially the children. Oh, mate, you're putting smiles on people's faces, and another way you do that is the way you play. And you're well into a preseason. The other day, I saw you doing a bronco. Yes, you're on your hands and knees, but you still could breathe, mate. How was the bronco? What were the numbers?
3: Oh man, it was it was tough, bro. It was it was grueling. It's something, as you know, diggy, Um You can train as much as you want for it, but come bronco day. Come, come the morning of a Bronco, there's butterflies in your stomach, um, you know, thoughts racing through your head, your heart's racing, uh, and it's just something you, you just don't like, but you gotta get through it. And, yeah. you know, I'm not just, maybe, maybe you, you probably did
0: one or two, maybe, throughout your whole career. <laughs> 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 Calm down! I did plenty, mate. But as I got on, I had a I had a thorny thorny, knee, knee, so I had to Pull me. out of. <laughs> what would you hit? What was your
3: number? Uh, I got uh, four thirty-five for my pro Ooh, uh, that's a pass. Which was like, which was like, man, that I had the time, and I was like, man, that's that's pretty hissing. That That's not bad. <laughs> and then when you hit. <laughs> And, and then, and then when you hear, and then when you hear of, of Damien and Geordie Barrett get four twenty, you are like hell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that hell or how? <laughs> it was
3: it was both. It was hell,
1: how. <laughs> um, oh, oh, that's gold. That's gold, mate. <laughs> it, it was,
3: oh, no, uh, that's it. It was it was challenging, um, but obviously, as I just said, you got boys that are just flying. Um, yeah. But the boys were, All the boys are really fit uh, Came back in good nick So um, Yeah, it's a good foundation to set And then, as you know now We sort of pick up rugby ball and Start our skills Start our, our team training 15 on 15 And just, you know I think it was just about 30 days before the first game Against Chiefs So um, Still a bit of time But a lot of work
1: to be done Yeah, new couple of new faces In the mix too uh, Richie how's it, how's it looking? What's the team looking like Down there?
3: Yeah, yesterday was our first day, so it's really getting to know some of the new lads. But um, as you know, Razor and the, and the team, Scott Hanson and Tommy Allison, has have been putting on a good preseason for the lads, and I think it's not too, it's not getting too excited too early. There's there's a lot of time before first game, so working on little things of our game that will
0: will set us up well for a, a big season. Yeah, the big season ahead, and you never—you're one that doesn't like to look too far ahead. But you got a big year. Just talk to us about that—that that decision to to head overseas. Would have been a difficult one. You're only a young fella, but you've got a beautiful young family that uh, you know. I know you—you you love so much. What, was it a hard decision, mate? It,
3: it was tough. Uh, Daggy, as you know, like I'm from Christchurch. Um, I've been very blessed in not having to move much for footy or, or at all. Um, so, so things are very, I'd say, comfortable for me here, being able to play for Crusaders and lines to Canterbury and when I get the opportunity to put a black jersey on. So it works really well with my family here, my wife's family here. Um, but just with the ages that my kids are at I, and where my family's at, I, I really think we're ready for another challenge, you know, a different pace. Things that will, will bring my family closer together. And shoot a new, shoot a new journey, experiences, um, and also for my footy to, to see something different as I've been here in New Zealand for a, for a little bit. I wanna
0: can I have a loan? Can I have a loan? <laughs> <laughs> that, can I
3: have a loan or
0: chances? loan, <laughs> well, I I Hey, I'm not on the I'm
3: not on the box yet, bro. But um, I'm not on the box yet. Uh, um, my mind, my heart, and my money—it
1: was all here in New Zealand, so. I can't <laughs> nice, Richie. Hey, Richie. Yeah, you obviously come from a fano too that supports rugby league. Was NRL ever across your radar? Um, but I
3: wanted to play league uh, when I was in school. Like, I had older brothers that played league, and I watched him play for, um, you know, in the crushes comp here, and they did play a bit for Canterbury Bulls. Uh, but my brothers just were just like, nah, you're not playing league. You're sticking <laughs> to footy. Um, you're going to go play for 15 and, and then carry on through to the Canavan Crusaders. So, so they were the ones that sort of just kept me in rugby union, really, um, oh. which I'm really grateful for them doing yeah, so.
0: You would, have been a fa- you would have been a fantastic league player. Just, just quickly, the tackle height over in the north, you wouldn't have had a problem with that, eh, with your height? <laughs> I, wouldn't have,
3: <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem because I don't, I don't even make tackles baby. I don't know if you I, I hardly get a shoulder on so I'm actually not too bad
0: yeah. oh, it'll, it'll be interesting Mate, honestly we appreciate your time uh, You're an absolute champion and we love what you're doing for Child Cancer Foundation and just quickly tomorrow Malvern Park if you want to make a special donation text CRUSADERS to three four five seven. Six million a year they need to raise to help these uh, beautiful kids and their families get through the difficult time. Richie Moonga, thank you so much, mate, and uh, all the best for the year ahead. Thank you, brother. Thanks, you, Cheers, mate. There he is. He's a he's a bloody good bloke. Love him. Love him to bits. And uh, that was a uh, part of our show that was brought to you. Um, by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. It doesn't get any better than that, Richie Moonga. And, and that's what we love, bringing you. Everyone knows the athlete and the impact they have on the field, but it's off the field, Kimpy, where they make probably their biggest impact in life.
1: And the, and the passion too, especially, uh, it, was, it was difficult hearing you know, talking about what parents go through with their children, especially when they they have cancer and they've got to go, I guess, and try and make ends meet, find places to stay. Richie Moawano, that's ten percent, two two point eight million of that, um, that two hundred eighty thousand going towards helping those far no uh, find a bed and find activities and just support their their children. Look, if you if you're down in Christchurch tomorrow, just you don't have to run, you can go and walk, you can grab a bike, grab a skateboard, you know, take your kids, hold their hands, take them out there. What a cause. And like as he said, 347 uh 3457 text that Crusaders uh, and get your $3 donation down there. It's real easy. Get on your mobile right now.
0: Beautiful, Kimpie. And just quickly, Louie, uh Moanga obviously sold to Newark Stud. And
2: uh, I don't know the. Do you know the
0: what what they paid for it, or you don't have it off the top of your head, probably?
2: No, I don't know. But they did the deal while he was at the peak of his form. So they got. Yeah. He's been racing in the new colours for a wee while now, and, mm. and I would say his form. Well, he just he's racing in a very tough era against those middle distance horses like Animo mm. and I'm Thunderstruck. Oh, so, 100%. but he got his Group Ones early doors. Yep. And the Wink stakes. Group yeah, so you got his group. He got one Group 1 as a three year old, right? And then the Wink stakes that first race back last season against Very Elegant. So he beat Very Elegant in a Group 1. So he'll have success at studs, son of Savabil. And um, Annabelle Nisham has the full brother in training at the moment as well. Whoa. And there'll be. Yeah, 950,000, I think, I bought for. Yeah, really? and I think Holy. there is another full brother at this year's NZB sales. It could be corrected, but I think there is another one. And that will, they reckon the brother was even more correct.
0: So.
1: Mm.
0: Ooh, there yeah. you go, Kimpy. Get yeah. your pockets full. <laughs> get
1: yeah. your pockets yeah. full. You yeah, beat me to the punch then. I was <laughs> way too slow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Had to get in there because I knew what you were trying to do to me, mate. Hey, that was Richie Mourga. And if you've just missed it, you can listen to all our podcasts on Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast on the SEN app and uh, all our interviews throughout the week, and all our past interviews, go get a catch-up. Anyway, we're going to come back, and I've got a wee bomb squad for you. Oh, Richie Mo might be in that. You're listening to Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast, thanks to the Chemist House, the real house of fragrance. It away to Dan, to
3: Izzy's Bomb Squad.
0: Well, after speaking to Richie Moanga, it's got me thinking, a country that has been so blessed with 10s, I feel, is about to be hit with a big old shock. I think many like myself can't under- underestimate what this Richie Moonga signing in Japan has done in terms of depth in the country. You just have to look at the latest signing of Freddie Burns at the Landers and around the country that we might just be about to experience a slim picking in terms of tens and playmakers. The departure of Moonga, D-Mac McKenzie, ageing Bowdoin Barrett, who probably will look to cash in overseas, we see our stocks very, very slim. Can we see, this is the question, can we see a Stephen Perafeta or a young, inexperienced Cam Miller taking the helm in one year's time? Or well, is there someone hiding in little old New Zealand that hasn't been uncovered yet? It's suddenly only hit me the realisation that these next few years ahead of us might be a rocky old ride for our beloved All Blacks. Am I right? Why am I getting a little uneasy over nothing? Time will tell. We just heard from our man, Richie Moonga. I want to hear from you. Am I right, Kimpi? Should we be a, little, be a little bit uneasy about the sudden departure? Andy. The 10 stocks. We know how important they are. We've been blessed over plenty of years with our 10.
1: And we're about to experience a pretty tough old time. Hundy, 100%. I don't just think it's a 10, mate. I think it coincides with the All Blacks dropping down the ladder and of mm. course, the black jersey losing the appeal to players when the J- um, Japan yen and the euro um, comes into play these days. And like uh, part of uh, Richie's conversation is, you know, I've got a young family. Um, it's about you know making sure I'm setting myself up for the future. Charles Piertel was a was a I guess the leader of that when he was right on the on. You know, if you think about it, he'd probably mm. be our number twelve today, wouldn't he? If he stayed in New Zealand. Mm. Um, so I think it's I think you really nailed it. Uh, is he in that um, bomb squad? I actually think post World Cup, um, a majority of our All Blacks are gone.
0: Yeah, I think I think you did right. Like, he's only twenty eight. He signed a three year deal over in Japan. You've got Damian McKenzie, who's been left out in the lurch. He's going to make his decision for himself. You got Bowden Barrett, who's tried to go over and play overseas and play for the All Blacks, but that was shut down. So you, you just suddenly left with the Hurricanes who are still looking for a quality ten. You've got Britain Gatlin, you've got Josh Uwani who has shown signs over the last couple of years, but have they done enough to lead this black team, the all blacks, through to the next four years in the World Cup? Well, I just think it's um yeah, it's 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 suddenly hit me that we're gonna be in for a tough the importance of a ten. I can handle a a six, you know, a prop or even a centre. I think we're pretty blessed in terms of outside backs. But a ten, playmaker, they make all the decisions, and you got to have control. Richard Whiffin came on yesterday and spoke about the control and being game, having game management, the importance of that. Yeah, just a little bit worried. A little bit worried about it. Are you worried at home about the sudden departure of our 10s? The best 10s in the country, double eight, double three on the temper bedpost text machine. Oh, I would love to hear from you. And there's plenty coming through regarding the tackle height, and I'll get to those shortly. But that was my bomb squad, Richie Moonga. He's off to Toshiba, and he's going to go cash in. But I think. That sudden departure is going to be a tough old time. We'll come back and we'll have a catch-up with Paulie Moati. We've also got some headlines with Louis Herman Watt. So plenty ahead. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping the future.
2: NZ, we are 27 minutes away from 9am this morning when Smithy will take it over. Uh, some headlines here, lads, with Gull fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. How's this for progression and a landmark day in women's sport? Five franchises for the inaugural Women's Premier League, which is the women's version of the IPL, which is being launched, ...have sold for a cumulative £465 million. Wow. Yeah. So, what's that? Over a billion New Zealand dollars in total. So, this is going to take pl- take place in March. It is the first time that this they've had the women's IPL. So, three IPL teams got licences. The uh, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Mumbai Indians and Delhi Capitals. And there were two other groups that have been given licences... And this shows you what sort of scale they can get. They think women's cricket can go to. They sold the broadcast rights for I can't remember how many years for ninety six million pounds. So that I would guess that was four or five. I think that's what I remember seeing. Um, so that's how much. Demand there is. So that's huge news for players like Sophie Devine, uh, Amelia Kerr, that will be in hot mm. demand and they will be getting paychecks. So that's really exciting news for women's cricketers around the world. And uh, as we've spoken about today, Novak Djokovic has cruised through to the women's semi finals at the Australian Open. He's going to be taking on Tommy Poole, the American, and it's Karen Kashinov versus Stefano Sitsapas. On the other side of the draw, uh, Sabalenka, she went through as did Lynette for her first semi final on the women's side of the draw to meet those other qualified players. So, those are your sports headlines. And there's one little text I just need to get to Louis Morgan's half brother is by first season size Super Seth. So, it's a half, sells as lot 91 on the first day of book one on Sunday. There you go. Probably. What would that be? Just after lunch, somewhere early afternoon, and you can go and see the fireworks. That dam has done a hell of a job.
0: Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. That's a, Yeah, Louie, he said your name, Louie.
0: So maybe there you go. You go spend <laughs> some of that hard-earned cash. What do you reckon? What do you reckon that would go for? A rough estimate.
2: Kind of impossible to tell because this you have, we've not seen a Super Seth Oh, they, a few of them sold up at Magic Millions. I think they got a, mm. I think one of them made nearly 400, uh, knowing the dam leaves winners, Group 1 winners. International buyers back. I'll speculate without having laid eyes on the horse, somewhere between 300 and 500, maybe.
1: Mm. I'm thinking the same. Oh, big money.
0: Big, big money. Good luck to that lucky pundit that oh, forks out plenty. To get in there and give himself a chance. Uh, it's time for our TAB live update with the one and only Bet Live on your favorite favorite sports with the TAB app today. Paulie Moate, how you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm doing very good. Thanks, boys. Awesome, my friend. Obviously a big day out at Matamata. A couple of winners there. Tip Louis tipped a couple, mates. You have a good day at the at the Matamata yesterday for the TAB. And what do you got for us?
6: Yeah, it wasn't the worst. Well, we've got another meeting today at Hastings, and we've got another market mover as well. Um, Just having a look at race three, the tomato contractor's handicap over the 1,200 metres, and the market mover number two, Whiskey Neat, back from Hong Kong, uh, $6 Mm into $3.30. We have taken a fair amount of cash the way of Whiskey Neat, who... If I remember correctly, I think was towards the top of the market in the Karakamillion two-year-old back in 2019 um, when I think it was Probabil uh, won that race. But I'm fairly sure that Whiskey Neat was, right, if not favourite, was in the second or third line of betting. So Whiskey Neat back from Hong Kong and money is on in race three. Uh, at Hastings today, six dollars into three dollars and thirty cents. Of course, we've reached semi-final time at the Australian Open, um, and the first women's semi-final uh, tonight at 9:30. Elena Rybakina, a dollar forty-five favorite, up against Victoria Azarenka at two sixty-five. If the action is anything to go by, then this is where Victoria Azarenka's run in the Australian Open ends. We've taken around four times as much money on that head-to-head market on Rubikina uh, than we have on Azarenka. In the other semifinal, w- uh, Magda Lynette, she's a $4.15 outsider against Anya Sabalenka at $1.22. Most of the money there going with the favourite uh, Sabalenka at the $1.22. And in the men's side, uh, Karen Kachanov, a 3 dollars 5 outsider against Stefanos Tsitsipas at $1.36. Um, he is our worst result in the overall market that he Uh and the other one. Wow, we've got a very, very hot favourite, uh, the Joker. He's a dollar three to beat um, the American <laughs> Tommy <laughs> Paul at eleven dollars. Um, still, a lot of Maltese flowing through Djokovic in that overall outright market, um, and there's a number of Maltese taking throwing the dollar three in as well. So he has. Breezed through this tournament so far hasn't really been tested, and he's up against Tommy Paul this time. Bookies don't give Tommy Paul much of a chance, and neither do the punters at this stage.
2: I think if you got on the start of the tournament with uh,
0: the Joker, you would have got dollar eighty something. So good money, a little just under a wee double up. I figured you out, Paul. I figured you out. I understand what you're doing. You're coming in and you're trying to persuade our listeners into these horses. Whiskey Neat. Oh, I heard Relentless Ruby yesterday, Hey, eh, Coming in that much from Big Odds just talking I just, us into it, eh? I
3: give you, I give you guys the
6: information. You can do with it what you want. I'm fairly <laughs> sure I said, I mentioned a couple of other horses in that Relentless Ruby uh, race yesterday. Uh, so anyway, I'm just letting you know, money on Whiskey <laughs> Neat today. The, uh, back from Hong Kong, trained by Tony Pike. Opie Boston aboard, I mean, you don't need much more than that, do you? Now $3.30. Hey,
1: Paulie, quickly, what's the weather weather like for the Cup this weekend? Um, Well, they reckon there's going to be a few
6: showers tomorrow and possibly on Saturday. There's a few clouds uh, in the sky today, but we haven't had any rain uh, for a while. So uh, I think the track's going to be right where they want it. So, yeah, ladies, man we'll get a track to suit. Um, And I've (laughs) just had a look at it. I've had a look at a do-it-yourself power play for the Wellington Cup. I've put the ladies' man on top and then thrown in uh, Weistarke and South Road for a top five finish. That's currently $11.23. If you like those sort of do-it-yourself power plays, then... Um, just head to that section All over of it. our website. Yeah, very good. It's very, uh, good to hear, Tony. I'm happy about yep. that. And I, I, heard it mind. Al I heard Al Shirok earlier this morning. He seemed very, very confident in the chances of ladies' man uh, to come out on top of the one he picked up.
0: Beautiful Paulie Moati. You just make sure you head to Trentum and talk to those track managers and make sure they don't irrigate over over irrigated, all right? (laughs) There you go, brother. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Paulie. We'll have a chat to you tomorrow. And uh, no doubt you have plenty of gravy for us. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit TAB.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18, and it's now time for a harness pacing for purpose.
6: It's harness racing New Zealand pacing for purpose season two
2: Ooh, what do you got for us Louie him and what oh me me right me uh race five at Cambridge tonight number seven double delight so this this thing I think is a nice bet Tony Hurley three yep. bucks can double up last start victory. Kind of a tough enough race, but for three bucks it's worth a go, and as Kempi knows, we love to back the great man. 100%. The greatest man. <laughs>
1: I love it. Oh, no. <laughs> three bucks. Early, yeah. three bucks. What a great name.
2: Four Child Cancer Foundation too, by the way. Yeah, the I've omens are all, all these, coming
1: all over here.
0: I've just got all these numerals running around in my head. Well, you're looking for one, are you? Were you, just, were, you just <laughs> look
1: at, were you just looking for a multi? <laughs> I was. There you go. I
0: was, and... I've got plenty going through my head. Every horse I've heard, I'm like, yeah, multi it up. <laughs> go for a 10 leg multi. How good? Oh, there you go. Tony Hurley in the cart paying $3. Double delight. Hopefully we can get some money raised. Harness pacing for purpose. We're going to shoot off. We're going to come back with our effort of the week. Yes, if that doesn't get you up, nothing Well, It's time for our effort of the week, brought to you by Tempa. Rejuvenate with a Tempa electric adjustable bed from Bedpost. Transport yourself to the perfect relaxation zone with the flick of a button at bedpost.co.nz. Kimpy, what have you got for us?
1: Well, we spoke to him earlier in the week and I couldn't go past Devin Conway. I thought he was great. And again this is even bigger
0: 100 comes up with a six and this is as good a chasing innings as any you will see 100 of just 71 balls we all knew how good he can be and he's uh turning on the show here yeah that's one batsman that's on having a little bit of a flourish at the moment. it. Like, Ever since he stepped into that role, he's taken over. So, so good, Devin Conway. Well, mine is John Rahm. Two starts this year, two wins. 4.1 million big ones in his back pocket. Sounded like pretty good contact and right towards the center of the green. Yeah, he's looking at it like exactly what shot that he envisioned. But we've seen a lot of that from John Rahm today. Holy cow.
3: John Rahm wins again. He's making it a habit. Second time here at the American Express. And then back-to-back starts now.
0: He's making it a habit, all right. I'll give you this one quickly. First 150 events as a pro. 18 wins, second all-time behind Tiger. 38 top three, second all-time behind the one and only Tiger. 54 top fives, second all-time and 81 top tens. So, John Rahm, watch this space. The man is flying. That was our efforts of the week. So, so good. Love it. Plenty of sports stars around the globe. But quickly, we spoke earlier regarding the tackle height, and I'm just going to read a few of these messages, and also talking about the 10 following on from my Bob's Bomb Squad. Quickly on the 10, we're in big trouble post-World Cup with 10s. I play 10, so would watch heaps of footy just to watch 10s to see how they go about things. And I just don't think the talent pool is there like previous eras, like DC era. I'm concerned, but yes, they are good young 10s around the traps, but they're nowhere near as the quality needed yet. That is from Brad in Dunedin regarding the 10s, and this is more about the the tackle height. Um, what about, here we are, we're in trouble, no, sorry, I've just found it, here we go. Oh no, this is, this is about the 10s again. I think we are really going to struggle after the World Cup at first five. I know that Brett Cameron has gone to the Hurricanes. If he can have some decent game time in the next couple of seasons, we could see him stepping up to take over. Another thing to do with the money in Japan is time to revisit how the New Zealand rugby players are paid. If we think of it like a pyramid, do we need to change it from the top of the pyramid where the All Blacks are getting paid the big money and move it to the bottom of the pyramid. Spread it more so that rugby professionals, the NPC or Super Rugby, are paid. Beautiful. Love that from an unknown Texas. Thanks so much for that message. And just regarding the tackle height. Lads, tackle height, I think below the hips is a mistake. I would have thought the safest place to tackle for the attacker and defender is between the nipple line and the waist. That good old bread basket shot that is from... I can see a lot of positives... And a few negatives from, from both sides. Uh, the positive from an attacking point of view, the ball in play. We want to be see entertainment, maybe a few more offloads and uh, the ball more in play. It's a bit stop-start at the moment. So I think watch this space. And just one more before we shoot off from Murph. For this change, Izzy, we'll return to how it was played. It won't look like league anymore. We'll give the backs a chance to show their skills. And... sorry. Lost me there. Uh, for this change, yeah, show their skills and will slow the rush defence. As for making it hard for locks to tackle rubbish, whilst a little taller these days, are you telling me locks didn't tackle 15 years ago around the waist? Yes, they did. As for players having to learn to tackle around the waist, that's how players were shown to tackle at school. Might lead to te- to changes around rolling more. I can see just big positives all around. We were told you won't bring a big man down tackling high. Here's our chance to start the return to Rugby Union. Murph, on the money, sees a lot of positives from it. Well, we're going to shoot off, and uh, we'll come back, and we'll catch up with our good mate, Ian Smith. Yes, we're coming up to the end of our show, and we're going to pass the baton over to the one and only Ian Smith. How you doing, Smithy?
5: Yeah, good, guys. So race day today in Hawke's Bay. Beautiful blue sky, Mm. so perfect conditions.
0: (laughs) Oh, you got any gravy for us? What's John Barry got running around?
5: Oh, I don't know. He snuck one yesterday, didn't he, at Matter? Matter. Snuck one up there in a big race yesterday and um, uh, knocked over Louie's hot pot, to be fair. The,
2: the one, that, the big uh, shortener.
5: Dirty John Barry, eh? It
2: wasn't my hot pot, Smitty. I had nothing to do with that plunge, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, that the was written the by time.
0: Warren Kennedy, wasn't it? John Barry, Warren Kennedy. One
5: over. Yeah, there's um, a great uh, well, a nucleus of there's an uh, another young one I think attached to John Barry. I, I don't know what his name is. Another South African jockey who's just come over doing some uh, some work for him. So keep an eye out for him when he uh, finally makes the
0: riding ranks. Beautiful mate. And what do you got for us today? What's on? Who's on your show?
5: Right, Sarah McGlashan is on the show. Of course, uh, she's uh, currently uh, the New Zealand cricket high performance coach, uh, but she's also with the uh, under 19 women's team that have made the semi finals playing against India tomorrow. So we'll talk to Sarah shortly. Uh, we'll look in, in depth at the Australian Open uh, quarter final wrap up. Uh, we'll talk to Brett Phillips as well, who's uh, commentating uh, on our behalf from SEN. We've got a panel with David Long and Brendan Bradford uh, just after 20 past 10. We'll have a Pacing for Purpose uh, horse as well. And um, Kane Jones from New Zealand Bloodstock as well. Talk to him about the pending sales.
0: Oh, there's a nice wee one in uh, Wunga's brother over there in, lot uh, I think it's 91 there. Smithy, are you going to have a dab with that one?
5: I might have a, a look. A look. <laughs> <laughs> All over. It. Have I'll you have got any horses,
0: kid? Smithy, have you got
5: any horse at Ian had in Got one, shares? Got one, got one trialling next week. I'll tell you about it behind the scenes.
0: Oh, beautiful, mate. Here you go. A bit of gravy for the one and only Ian Smith. Stay tuned. He's going to carry you through to midday. He's an absolute champion, no doubt. He'll keep you up to date with what's going on. Thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow from 6 a.m.